Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question. Why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus and Why, I am joined by James Dean. Welcome, James. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. And with a name like that, I'm going to be really impressed, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, we'll see if I live up to it. I'm sure you get that all the time, so apologies for that. <laughs> not, not at all. It comes with the territory. I'm, I'm, I'm well able for it. And I'm sure your parents knew what they were doing when they chose the name. Well, they tell me it wasn't intentional in any way, but uh, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll trust them with that. <laughs> Fair enough. So tell me, well, what is it you're doing at the moment, James? Um, thanks, Amy. So at the moment, I'm in the, you would say, infancy of creating my own life coaching business. That's where I'm really focusing on. It's focusing on working with clients, working with people. But I suppose it's really, I suppose, and this is really apt in the sense of talking to you is for the last number of months is really getting into, well, what is the purpose of me being a coach? What's the sort of coach I want to be? Um, Who are the sort of people I want to work with? So getting into coaching is something being wanting to do full-time for the last couple of years. And it's really getting to a stage now where I, I you know, through an evolution, I feel I'm up, almost up to another sort of point in that sort of process and really starting to make personal headway, which is starting to have an impact on the people that I'm connecting with and working with. And that's where it's really coming in for me in a sense of, one of the biggest things I sense of what I'm working on at the moment is conversation, as opposed to trying to have it that coaching. And that's what's really a, sort of a thing important for me at the moment of, but it's really about conversation and connecting with people. And because when you do get that real connection with someone, that's when you can really start to have an impact of the coach. And, but it's really about having that conversation initially. And it was one of those things when I started um, similar, you know, a bit further behind you, but started my own podcast recently. And when I was chatting to people and I was asking myself the questions, or why do I want to do this? Why, what's, what's the purpose of me doing this podcast? Or, and it was pure conversation. And I find that a really interesting subject to just like yourself, have conversations with people and what can come out of those conversations. And what's quite interesting from a lot of the people I've spoken to, whether it be from people I've spoken to my own podcast or for the people that I'm working with on a coaching capacity, is this sense of everyone, a lot of people saying, I just want to be myself or I want to 
you know, find myself, but not even find myself, I want to be myself. And I was really interested to see, well, what does that actually mean to people? What does being yourself actually look like? Because it's different for each, for every one of us. And that's a really big focus for, for me at the moment from a personal perspective in a sense of what does that look like to me? But also when I'm coaching or talking to someone, I'm like, well, what does it mean to you to be yourself? And what does it mean to be, there's this theme I'm sort of seeing as well at the moment from working with people, is this almost sort of dichotomy in a sense of a clash of people who are seeing themselves or have success in their lives and being successful, but yet unfulfilled. And they're sort of like, if we go with the sort of cliche of boxes ticked, of things that we've achieved or things that we've attained, but then so many people I've spoken to, they've worked through a career or worked through a certain sort of job remit and then got to a point and gone, I'm not sure I actually am getting much out of this anymore, barring maybe the, the finances, which is, of course, not to be dismissed or ruled out. But there's, I think there's a limit to a lot of people of what that actually they can take in some ways and think, well, actually, I'm missing something. And it's that something that also really intrigues me because I can completely resonate with those people, I suppose, from my journey from going into this sort of setting up this business in the sense of becoming a coach is I've had similar paths to so many people. Whereas I did have a, a previous job and career within the financial service industry that I didn't set out to have. You know, the job was taken in my early 20s more out of necessity than desire. And, and again, I was actually quite successful in that role and in that company. I spent 16 years in the same company and, you know, achieved quite a lot, had a good brand within the company. I was known quite well. I had a, was a subject matter expert in, in my particular field. I could have carried on within that company or in that industry and probably had a very quote unquote successful career but I had this thing in my head and it's this like when it comes to sort of why you want to do something it takes a bit of time to actually work that out sometimes and it's almost like that scratching the itch in your brain that you can't quite scratch that's sort of when people say oh I really love to do that so one of my things when I'm thinking back over a number of years was, and it's just so apt, it was just on this weekend, was the London Marathon was just on um, over the weekend. And I remember watching it, you know, every year growing up, because it was probably one of the first things when I was, you know, growing up, it was like, it was always on telly, you know, in a sense of sport, like live sport, it was the London Marathon. And it was always one of the things I'd love to do that one day. I'd love to do that one day. But he did nothing about it. But it was this, I, I couldn't, I tell you well, why did I want to run 26.2 miles you know it, it, it does sound madness but I got to a point when it was in sort of 20 uh, 2013 where it's like I am just going to do this and I'm just going to see what happens took away the sort of excuses or reasons not to do something and just went into it to see what will happen and it's those moments of like 
when you actually then actually manage to scratch that itch, it kind of goes, oh, you, you, it, it really instantly makes you think, well, what else could I do? And it opens your mind to think, well, what are the other things that I have, have I been putting off? What are the, the other things that I've been, that I really had an interest in, in that I thought that I couldn't do? And it, from going into marathons, I went on to do a huge amount of other stuff and sort of like my own sort of physical sort of challenges and stuff. But one of the biggest things that it really enabled me to do was to, as we see it now from a coaching perspective, is like that whole idea of a limiting belief. So I actually came across the term and the sort of idea of a life coach when I was about 26. In that previous job that I mentioned, I was um, sort of team leading that sort of level. And I was um, suggested to go on to what was the, you know, the, the management course of the time, you know, to sort of promote and sort of develop the next sort of level of managers within the company. So it was a three-day uh, training course. And it was, it, was, it was fine, but the usual sort of stuff with, with Myers-Briggs and all these personality type tests that anyone who's been in the corporate world has done. But one of the people who was uh, delivering the course, who was a guest sort of um, lecturer, if you want to call it, was this chap. And he was a master life coach. And I just never had sort of heard the term before. And I was like, well, that, that sounds quite interesting. And I, at the time, looked it up and read about it and, and thought about it. But what I know now was this limiting belief of like, well, who's going to listen to a 26-year-old life coach? That's literally what I was telling myself. So I was like, well, that was, that was him. And this was the same sort of process, I would have thought process I would have had, well, well I'm not a marathon runner. That's what those, those, those people are marathon runners. Those people are life coaches. I'm the, I'm the guy who just works here and I'll just keep my head down and, and just carry on. But when I went through that sort of, as I say, go back to that, scratch the itch of the marathon, and it made me think about other stuff. And I sort of, I went on, from then I went on this, this sort of um, path of difference where I was like, I'd already had, always had an interest in physical fitness and physical working, you know, physical activity. So I retrained as a personal trainer. I thought, well, I'll give this a go and I'll see how this works. And I did that. And I worked in a gym part-time along with the full-time job. I did that for two years and, and thoroughly enjoyed it, but still wasn't wasn't really getting to this sort of, well, what's the purpose? I found the sort of fitness industry at that time a little bit one-dimensional. It was still quite focused on numbers. It was only sort of about like uh, the, the numbers on the scale going down, the number of inches being reduced. They're all, they're all positive things, but quite to me, I was like, there's so much more from my own sort of um, going through sort of improving my health and fitness through running and marathon running. It's like, well, there's so much more to this than just um, smaller clothes. So there's, there's so much more of a development in sense of what, you know, you're getting from this. So literally almost 10 years later, I went back and thought, right, I'm going to give this life coaching a go. It is, so it, it literally took me 10 years almost to then discover what I'd had was this belief or this limiting belief about myself that I couldn't or who would listen to me. I, I'm not this sort of 
I'm not that type of person. That's what other people do. So in a sense of what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to get people to think about, well, what's the thing that you're trying to scratch? What's the thing in your head that keeps playing over and over again saying, I'd love to try that. I'd love to do this and enable them to have the opportunity to give it a go. You know, to because to, to, to me as well, it's like the most interesting people I've spoken to as well, they've tried a number of different things. They've gone, actually, I tried that and it didn't work out. I'm going to try something else. And it did. And even if it did work out, I'm still going to try something else. And it's that sort of trying to give people that opportunity to, to see what happens. That's really where I'm coming from at the moment. Wow. That was a, a great answer to a fairly simple <laughs> yeah. question, but it's really interesting, isn't it? When you, you just sort of have an open question, how so much can just come from it. And what's really curious to me is being a coach is all about asking great questions. And you probably didn't realize that that was the case 10 years prior. And the whole thinking of a life coach, well, they need to be really experienced in life. Well, they need to be experiencing questions mm. and listening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and it's that sort of, it's a really good point in the sense of that questioning and listening, because when we think, I was thinking about this recently, um, I think my sort of, uh, my business mentor that I work with, um, she, she often talks about sort of like, what's your superpower? What's the thing that you find really easy to do that, you almost take for granted. And it's one of those things that I do find, um, especially talking to people and people opening up to me quite easily. I, I just have, it's, people will, will literally can just tell, start telling me anything and everything. And it, because of that sort of like innate wanting to, to listen to people. And it's, it's really true in a sense of like, what I was stopping myself was in my own head. And you're supposed to thinking, oh, I've got to have all this experience versus, having the ability to uh, listen to people, but actually allow them to be heard, not just listening for the sake of it, actually giving them the opportunity to talk. And when actually I think back now on that sort of 10-year period or that whole time I had my career, that's exactly what I was doing. I was, I was that person that people came and talked talk to, you know, whether it should be with a difficult you know, work query, if we call it, or just something going on. So it's only when you re re look back and you realise oh, I was doing it the whole time. And it's curious, isn't it, that you were on this path in your career and you were really well known and becoming a subject matter expert in something and you're going narrower and narrower and narrower into a niche, into a space. But actually, it was the diversity that you were seeking in life. Completely. And it's a, it's a really, really good point because, and, and the, the very much in a sense of that sort of niche that I was carving for myself within that company, you couldn't get, you know, it's very, couldn't get much more niche. It was like I was a product expert, but in one particular product that wasn't, doesn't, wasn't even sold anymore. It's like a historical legacy product. And I was the kind of, you would have put it, the customer service from that perspective expert on it. Like if there was a question that needed to be answered within a 
the whole customer service department about this product, this process, I was the person. So it, it gave me, as you say, that great sort of known for in an organization, but generally for one thing in a, from a work perspective. And the diversity piece is quite interesting because there, when I started to get into the sort of like the running, for example, within the, um, uh, for myself, at the time, the company started to do some sort of well-being sort of uh, activities. And one of them was a couch to 5K. So I was like, well, um, I can, I can, I've run marathons now. I'll take people out. They were doing a sort of big event, you know, in, a, in, a, in three months time or whatever it was, hiring a venue. We're going to get, you know, get people active and get them to do 5K. So I was like, well, I'll help people. Get, I'll do a program. I'll do a running program. So I got involved in that. And then I started when I qualified as the in personal training and said I was working part time in the gym, but I was like, I'll do some fitness classes for the wellbeing program as well. So I started to diversify, but not in the work capacity, if that made sense. So I started and then when I qualified, I was still working as I when I qualified as a, as a coach as well. And just at the time, it so happened that there was a coaching practice, a coaching circle creating the company. It's like, right, I'm going to get involved in that. So I started to get known across the company and across the wider things for other things than just my expertise within the field that I was known for. And I met so many more people at different levels, at different parts of the organizations in, in so many different capacities that I was, I was actually now known for different things. And, and then I started to do, you know, workshops. I started to do presentations, personal development, if you want to call them, things that I'd learned through coaching. I was like, well, and, and started to be able to go to different sites in the company and present and, and share stuff. So that you're absolutely right. That sort of looking for that diversity enabled me to not just expand my own experience, but the people that I met as well. And they knew me for something different, which was a really pleasant thing to have. And share with me about the necessity over desire, James. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Necessity over desire. Yeah, that's a, it's, um, hmm, I have to think about that for a second. I suppose the necessity piece, if something that's necessary or necessity, that sometimes has um, a sort of a it's a it's a need that you need you need to do something that just needs to be done. And versus the desire, I would see as something that I would want to achieve. And the things like I think of it, the way I can think of necessity is I think of it sometimes as, well, what's the most basic things that need to be done for you order to achieve what you want to achieve? What's the, you know, what are the most sort of basic things that you want to have in your life, the foundations that you want to have in order to move forward? And it, I come into this thing of like, sometimes I have this, um, when I'm struggling for something, if I can't understand where I'm trying to focus or if I'm procrastinating about something, I ask myself the question is what's important now? right now and that that usually finds me what's necessary what's the necessity at that moment because there i think there's a balance between the two as well you know sometimes the necessity can be seen as something that i should do 
and it can put an obligation on you if you if you think of it in that way and you know and sometimes the desire can be seen as the sort of oh that's the the shiny thing you know and it's sort of oh no that's all about the the the, the passion and the dream where it's like well actually if you have too much of one thing you can kind of you can get bogged down in either so if all you think about is the necessity it'll get into those shoulds and you'll get sort of feel obligated and you'll be really sort of you can almost start torturing yourself in a sense of like just whirlwind of procrastination but if you only think of the desire and you only think of the 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 moonshot and you only think of that really really high level thing you're not going to be almost satisfied with having to go through the necessity and you're going to think it's so unattainable that you just give up so so like say if i go i give the example again of say like the marathon again the desire was to complete a marathon but if i just went straight out and tried to run a marathon the body which i did which i tried i was like i'm going to go start running and i just thought well my idea of running was i'll run as hard as i can as fast as i can every night and try and go quicker than the next time and of course within a fortnight i had shin splints and all sorts of stuff wrong with my legs so the desire it wasn't like the desire wasn't there to to complete that marathon but the necessity was going through the process the necessity was um having to put in the the work the research the whether you were calling it the boring stuff but it's the important stuff as well so you you got to have a balance between the two because if if you if you go one way or the other you i think you end up still not getting what you actually wanted so tell me what's important to you now could be asked my own question it's great isn't it <laughs> what's important to me now is like it's it actually is that question is really asking people that question themselves but to, for myself it is actually getting back to the things that i've probably been neglecting over the last couple of years so as i've been going through a huge amount of transition over the last couple of years so two years ago i moved house during the pandemic i thought let's make this a bit more interesting try and move not just move house but move counties in ireland then last year after i you know left a job that i had for 16 years decided to do a huge amount of renovations on my house you know for six months so I was going through a lot of these sort of transitions and then into this one at the moment of trying to build this business. And I suppose then through all of that, I've probably left some stuff or not been doing some stuff that actually got me here in the first place. So going back to that question or that thing I said at the beginning of what, you know, people being themselves or maybe actually doing the things that were important to me before are still as important, but I'm not practicing them. So it's things like getting back into my own physical fitness, um, reading back into the books that I was reading the whole time. You know, it's, I suppose it's really now getting into um, walking the talk. That makes sense. It's like I've, I've done a lot of focusing on trying to um, set up what I'm trying to set up in a sense of my, you know, the, my following my website social media those sorts of things they're trying to build a brand as a coach um and i think sometimes you as you say you can sometimes go all in the other way and i think what's important to me now is to demonstrate to myself that i'm actually doing what i actually 
believe in as well. So those sort of things that are important to me in a sense of, um, and I think it's, it's being allowing myself to um, to go into places that you say that genuine yourself. So for example, where the house I moved to has got this massive garden. So it's getting into gardening. You know, it's it's doing things that I think that I like that just do interest me, that are exciting to me, that intrigue me, um, and not being um, afraid to go into stuff. So it's like I was at a, um, a session yesterday, actually. Again, with my it was my uh, business mentor set up a, a session for all of her clients, and we just did a one day course, a one day session, you could say, just going over some stuff. And I was reflecting on it earlier today, actually, because in this group. I'm the only I'm the only man. I'm the only guy in the group of of all the, of all the women. And yesterday was maybe sort of 25 plus women, a few online, and it was myself. And you could ask that question. It's like, is am I in the right room here? Um, you know, you know. And you can think, um, you know, a lot of the times, am I am I the odd one out? What am I? Am I really here? But I was absolutely in the right room because I was surrounded by the people that I wanted to be surrounded by who shared the similar sort of values, ideas, ways of being that I did. And it was important to me, it's important to me now that I show up in those situations, that I don't allow um, a surface, I, you know, th thinking or oh, a surface reason to, or as a get out or an excuse not to do something. It's really about sort of, you know, following through on the th things that that benefit me. So from a personal perspective, that's what's important to me is to really get back into those things that enable me to be myself. And then in relation to a wider sense of what's important, it is making those connections with people. It is being able to work with um, with people to enable to do that themselves. And to hopefully open up what they've been putting off for maybe a year, 10 years plus, and thinking, well, you actually can do it. And it, you know yourself from the thing from coaching, it's like, I'm not telling anyone to do anything. It's not about telling, it's not about, and it's not about, there's no grading, there's no scoring, there's no, there's no pass or fail with this. It's, it's just giving people that space that they can enable themselves to do whatever they, they want to do. And in that same respect, what is it that you're putting off yourself, James, right now? Oh, now that's a great question. Um, I think what I'm putting off right now is there's, there's, still a, there's still an element of trepidation, I'd say, when, you know, starting out as a, as a small business. Um, I think yesterday, as I said, that, that group I went to yesterday, I tell you what I was putting off. And this is really on a sense of like, I was putting off really um, nailing the flag to the mask of who my client was, who I really wanted to work with. And I suppose it was a breakthrough a bit of a yesterday in a sense of so, and I, I suppose I still haven't formally said it, if you know what I mean, a time of uh, recording this was like, to say that actually the people I want to work with are women, you know, and I, and I haven't explicitly put that out there yet. And it was kind of like, I was very much sort of like, you know, on the fence or do I need, do I really, do I want to work with men? Do I want to work with people? Uh, you know, but 
the, the interesting thing is from that is my following of the people that are, who are engaging with me, nearly 70% are women, you know, through whatever actions I've taken, non-deliberate or deliberate, you know, but that's the true following. They're the people I seem to have the most connection with, you know, if I'm thinking the people of uh, women that seem to be the people who have had the most, I've had the most impact on, whether being working with them in a group or individually. And it's, and it's, so that's the thing that I suppose that I haven't fully committed to yet. And, uh, and, and I suppose in sense of the reason why I'm holding back on it, I suppose there is, the, there is that thing of like, there's the two sides of looking at it. When you say, yeah, this is me, this is it now I'm in, um, it's, it's quite a freeing thing. But there's also that little bit of holding back in sense of like, well, am I going, you, you always have that thought in your head, am I going to alienate half the population, which isn't the case. But it's going through that sort of uh, process and that because, and it's but because the, this is the sort of the counter argument to that. Oh, I'm going to alienate all these people. Is like no, no. The people who I will be able to serve the best need to hear it from me. So it's really the argument is like no, I owe it to, I owe it to the women that will benefit from working with me to tell them and that's so you're kind of taking it away from yourself it's not about me and that's one of the biggest things I think of learning a life well it's not being a coach isn't about you about myself at any point and it's it that's the biggest thing is trying to be getting out of your own way it's like it's not about me it's about my clients or my potential clients and you mentioned right at the beginning why you're doing this and that the purpose was pure conversation mm. Now, explain to me what you see pure conversation as being. It's very much like, it's very much like what this at the moment, it is the ability and the, of the two people or a group, generally two people, I think, when you get in real conversation, is in enabling someone to think freely and speak freely and to and especially really is it when we say listening but listening without the judgment because we can have conversations where they're back and forth and stuff but you know in a sense of like just in in sort of general speak and things like that but when i'm like in getting a real conversation it's like it's the curiosity about it you know, if someone is genuine, when I'm asking a question, I want to see the genuine person. So I want to be genuinely interested, not pretending I'm interested. I want, really want to know where they're coming from this. And I actually find some of the most, I like conversations with people who are absolutely enthralled by what they do. They're like, they, they're just so committed to it um, that you can, you can just hear it from them. You can even feel it from them. That they're so like one of the uh, most recent conversations I had with someone um, kind of in the world that I'm in a little bit is like was a, a triathlete coach and he's been doing it for the last 20 years and you, you could see it in every single fiber on him that that was that meant everything to him along with some of the other stuff in a sense of like you know he would say his family and things like that but when we got talking about his specific thing of what he does that true conversation is just the where, where the person like myself, you don't know where you're going, what you're going to say next almost. 
that's real conversation that people will open up and they will tell you something. Um, and it's not pre-rehearsed because I, I used to, just to sort of uh, counter that, when people used to ask me, and you, you may just come across yourself maybe in years go by when you, you meet someone and especially now when you're new and say, oh, what do you do? I, I'm, a, I'm a life coach. And you say, oh, why do you do that? And sometimes it's like, it's the very cliche sort of, oh, I just like to help people. And it's, it's, it's so sort of, again, it's so surface, it's, you know, to be, you know, it's so Miss World or Miss the Universe. Oh, it's just so, it's, it, but it's because you're just scared of really saying what you want to say and it going into that detail. So it's like, that's not a real conversation. That's not, that's just so, and it's because the thing is like, I think everyone, well, 99% of people want to help each other. It's not a new thing to say you want to help someone, you know, someone who's in, you know, in any industry, we're helping someone do something in the end. So the real conversation to me is getting underneath it and going, well, actually, well, you know, allow someone to tell their story and allow them and just, and just really listen to it. And then when you, as the person listening, when you say something back or even or reflect back on it, or ask a, another question, it just enhances the conversation as well. And it was one of those things I think where the first thing where, where conversation can get frustrating or when it's not necessarily what I would say pure conversation is when there's an agenda on one side to try and demonize or um, somehow reduce the other like there's always this sort of like you see it now unfortunately and i think it's like with videos it's like oh such and such destroys such and such there's always like thing or like the, the loaded question you know versus an open question you know trying to trying to catch someone out isn't conversation that's you know it, that's not adding to you know you know discourse or or trying or discussion or trying to elevate it's just trying to catch people out that's not to me that's not real conversation Real conversation is being able to listen, reflect back, ask another interesting question, to be curious about what the other person thinks. And I'm curious to hear, you mentioned earlier about wondering whether you were in the right room with your mm. various other colleagues. And you said that you had an alignment of values with one another. Now I've been listening to what you've been saying and I've got curiosity, connection, commitment, generosity as values that come out but I'm curious to know what you say your core values are mm. yeah though absolutely the ones you've just said uh definitely resonate with me I suppose the first one for me real sort of core value that that always comes back to me is fairness it's like that and it, and it, again it comes back even to the sense of conversation or anything it's like I really do feel that it's like I want things, when I say fairness, I want people to have their fair share of the conversation, their fair go at something. Um, you know, it's like it, the, the sort of treatment of people in sense of, of fairness, the sort of, um, whether it be opportunity, whether it be the, say like, for example, like me, be, given that example again, of me being in that room, it was completely fair to me being in that room. It wasn't anything, you know, so it's that sort of sense of, um, everyone is in that sort of position of like we I treat everyone in that same way you know I expect to be treated in a way that it's like 
that, it, that it's, it's as fair to me or I'm treating someone in that way as well. So fairness, it's, it, it just screams out of me that it has to be that way. Um, and I suppose another one that says that always, uh, when I ever do this exercise, and I do it quite frequently, is just joy, you know, in a sense of like, you know, trying to find enjoyment on in the situation, you know, and I think it, when it came back to sort of like, for example, go back to the examples I gave, where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get into running, you know, or I'm going to get into coaching or, or the wider sort of personal development space. Um, you know, public speaking. I'm one of the, you know, when people say of oh, your biggest fears of public speaking, I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh no, I'll, I'll give that a go. I actually quite enjoy it. So that sort of like, it's finding that joy in something. And I, I, I don't say so sometimes you think about what you don't like to know what you, what your values are. And, um, the example I gave in that when I used to take people out running and someone say, oh, they'd be out for them for, you know, half an hour, they go, I really don't like running. Why are you here? I do it because I enjoy it and I get joy from it. So I try as much as I can to find the joy in things that I do or do the things that bring me joy. And I suppose that the last one, uh, I can't remember if it was on your list or not, I'm trying to think in a sense of like, because they constantly change it, but it really is in a sense of, I think it's, um, that it's connection. I think it really is that sort of, um, whether it comes again across with curiosity, but that connection is really sort of an important thing for me in the sense of like making people feel connected. That it's so, you know, it, it can't just be one way. Do you know what I mean? It's a sense of my, I may feel connected to someone, but do they, do they have a real connection? And can I get that real connection with people? Because again, it's one of those things that I think I've learned over the years with all those different things that I've done. You know, whether it be getting into marathon running and then into triathlon, getting into the world of personal development, coaching, all that stuff is great on an individual basis. But it's the people I've met and the connections that I've made from literally all over the world through this one specific thing. That's the that's where you take the most from, because it's also then you have a connection and you have almost like an individual and a shared story with those people. You know, so whether their experience from um, a personal development session or a training session, a workshop um, is different, but we have a shared story as well. So it's having those connections with those people. And it's not something I expected when I went, you know, when I really started to dive into this, I wasn't, it wasn't something I was looking for, but it's something that's become hugely important now. And it's really interesting that often the core values are driven from a lack a sort of mm. a, a position of of discomfort early on in life and i'm just wondering if you know the cause of why fairness is a, a, something you're championing yeah absolutely i would say absolutely i think it's it's coming from a family of five siblings you know when it's you're one of five and we all get on great you know it's a, a three of three old three sisters and one brother but when you're so it's a, a family of seven you know, and it's kind of like if you're from a big family, you know, you know, you want to be heard. And and I think it was instilled into us in a sense of from our parents. It's like everyone gets their fair share of time and it's everything's equaled out in that sense of like, you know. It, so it's not that we didn't have that. It was just very much instilled into us when we were growing up in a sense of 
no, everyone gets the same. Everyone, you know, it's it's divided out. It's by five. It's that sort of, you know, and and that coming from in a sense of, and also in a sense of then the other way around in sense of our contribution back, if you want to mean, when we got older, like, you know, into the family, the, the sort of chores were spread out and things like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, because it, especially with kids, you, you, you children know everything. So you'll spot, oh, such and such didn't do that. And I did it, the other, you know. So there's definitely that sort of coming from that space, I'd say, in sense of where fairness, because what I think as well, though, is like having that sort of approach um, set me on that path in a sense of like, well, I'll spot it. I'll spot it quite easily when someone either is, you know, not pulling their weight or someone's doing too much. You know, it's kind of like it's a bit like that as well. It's kind of like so there's the fairness in the sense of how people are treated and how they're um, how I expect to be treated as well. But it's also it's like, well, actually, there's fairness in what you do as well. And fairness in the sense of like the the effort you have to put in. I think there's a, it comes into me as well in the sense of fairness. It's like, if I think of this more in some ways, it's like, I might think, oh, I deserve an outcome. But if I really question it's like, well, is it is it a fair outcome for the effort that I've put in? So it, it kind of comes in that way as well in the sense of that fairness. It's fairness in the sense of like, you know, sometimes you don't get the outcome you think it may be deserved, but you've got to have that foundation of, well, did you put in the work that deserves the the potential outcome? So that I think that's where it really comes from, is that fighting in that, you know, in fighting of a family of five and then with my parents seven. Yeah, I love that. And it's interesting, isn't it, that there's always a, a reason that people can can find the origins behind what, what really drives them from within. It's been a fabulous conversation, James. How would people get hold of you now that you've described your perfect niche of people who you want to work yeah. with? How could they reach out and connect with you? Brilliant. Thank you so much, Amy. So uh, you can find me, people can find me on both Facebook and on Instagram at James Dean Coaching. And you can also find me at jamesdeancoaching.com. Or again, the other place I'll be on is on LinkedIn. So again, it's just James Dean. So it's a, this is where the name does become handy in a sense of remembering. So that's where you'll find me across all platforms. Fabulous. Well, I wish you all the best with your life coaching career. It is a fabulous space to be in. As you know, I'm, I'm in that space. It is just a wonderful space. And yes, I mean, infancy, that's great. Look, look how far you can go with it. It's going to grow as you grow. And it's, it's a incredible journey that you take other people on so and that again that is part of the contribution piece you know that's part of the purpose piece is that you feel that you're contributing towards all these other lives absolutely so do you have well firstly thank you for coming on the show thank you thank you for having me and do you have some final words for the audience please yeah so my sort of final words is kind of it's going to maybe echo some of the things I said before, but it's really is now, I think, there's always an opportunity to ask yourself what's really important to you and what's important for you to, not only for you to get that, what's important now for you to do that. And it's to keep asking yourself that question, what's really important? Because if you ask yourself that question enough, it will give you the guide to get there. 
How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.